heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. And good day, everyone. This is... America Loud, the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm at 8. And Dr. Steve Latulip here uh, for the Voice of a Nation team today. We've got a really hot topic that needs to be addressed, that needs to really be understood. And for that reason, I'm going to bring on uh, a very good uh, and informative uh, guest to the show today. Uh, We've got a crisis in America, as everybody knows. Uh, But specifically, the reason why the crisis is escalating, or at least one of the major reasons it's escalating and seems to be perpetuating itself ever more, is that we have a problem on these American college and university campuses where every evil thing is being spouted out and taught and promoted as if it's old. Okay. Everything seems to be just okay. Now, how do we deal with that? Right now we have, you know, American universities have actually become training and indoctrination camps. That's all you can call them really. And they are indoctrinating people, young people into just about every boneheaded liberal idea that seems to serve to weaken our nation's fabric. And It opposes Christian principles of morality, of hard work, the sanctity of all human life. You know, the very things that made America the most incredible, the most envied nation in the world. Simply because we glorified God, we lived according to a standard that was based on biblical truths. And long ago, the Jewish people who have been persecuted for millennia came to America. They flocked to America, very thankful, grateful for the safe harbor they could enjoy right here simply because we were a nation of law and order. We were one nation under God, under a God who told us to love one another, to practice the golden rule to love your neighbor as yourself. And that is essentially what we have at least aspired to in theory and in practice uh, in a very general way. We had ground rules that we agreed we could never, would never violate because we once supported one another recognizing that America is a phenomenal melting pot of various cultures, races, um, people of all ethnic origins. And you could come here to America and celebrate your individuality, your heritage, and not be ashamed in it. And not only could you celebrate it, but you could rejoice in sharing it with others as well. And it was an incredible thing. As I grew up in Rhode Island, I, I experienced uh, 
a, a thousand different villages, it seemed, where we all got together. We shared each other's cultural foods, language. We had our own dialects, of course, back east. And, and everything was good. I had black friends. I had Portuguese friends. I had Italian friends, French friends, friends. It, it didn't matter what the race was. But that's where we used to be. Right now, every bit of this is being challenged in a really huge way. And the correct question is, where exactly are we going with this? Because right now, the college universities are being challenged. Uh, they are being uh, put to the test simply because it seems that the most liberal of these universities feel like somehow it's perfectly okay to keep on persecuting the Jews in the same way that they've always been persecuted. And ever since that horrible day on October 7th, when the massacre of uh, Israeli people took place under the carnage of Hamas, everything seems to have changed in America. Now, is this just something that is going to pass? Is it a fad? Or is this exactly who America is becoming? This is what we have to sort out. And this is what we have to each decide for ourselves. Are we going to allow America to become this kind of an absolutely corrupt nation like every other nation? Because if it is, our shining beacon of light, of freedom, is, is it's already growing dim, and I truly fear that it could flicker out, go out completely, unless we decide to take a stand. So I'd like to introduce to you today Dean Bowen. He is uh, one of our own team members on America Out Loud. He... Um, heads up the Dean's List with uh, uh, the America Out Loud Talk Radio, and that Dean's List can be heard on weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Dean Bowen is the head of school at Waterbrook Christian Academy, which is a K-12 classical Christian school, which he and his wife founded along with their parents and grandparents back in 07. Um, and this Waterbrook Christian Academy is actually a Hillsdale College curriculum school utilizing a classical curriculum. Now, what that means is they practice the basics. They teach the basics, the things that actually cause students to learn things. And I am so absolutely impressed that this is actually ha uh, happening in some schools in America. Dean is also a member of the Association of Classical Christian Schools. He's a member of the Turning Point Academy Association and a member of so the Society for Classical Learning. So Dean's got a lot of good information. He does have a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Oakland University, a Master's Degree in Education Administration from Grand Canyon University, and he served as an adjunct professor uh, for nine years at Baker College, which is Michigan's largest private school. So, Dean, I, I'd like to welcome you on the program today. Thanks for joining me. What have you to say about what is transpiring on the universities today? 
Well, thanks for having me on, uh, Steve. It's it's nice to join you on Voice of a Nation. And there's a word that you repeated a couple of times in your intro, and that word is crisis. And I think that we are we're watching this crisis unfold before our very eyes. Um, many of us, you know, watched the testimony this week, and and we're just scratching our heads, almost in in complete disbelief at what we are witnessing. Well, go ahead and spell that out, Dean. I mean, what was the message well, that you got from it? What was the takeaway point? Yeah, uh, the the message and the and the takeaway point. You know, I, we throw out the word anti-Semitism. You know, and it's, I guess it's the the the, the official term, but I don't think it it really it really does the um, it does the the emotion justice. Uh, I, I think instead of anti-Semitism, we should just say uh, Jewish hatred. Uh, I feel like that's what we watched unfold. You know, this week when when those three. College presidents were were called before that congressional committee, the the House Education and Workforce Committee. It was the the president of of Harvard, President Gay, uh, MIT. Uh, what's her name? Cornbluth, Cornbluth, and then uh, the 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 lady from Penn, McGill, uh, and and the answers that those three ladies gave in terms of. Uh, you know how come they're, they're not they're not putting the kibosh on what's happening on these college campuses? Their their answers were almost appalling, and and I think pretty much the entire country just uh, as as we watch this happen, our our, our mouths just uh, fell between our knees. Yeah, it's just jaw-dropping. For those of you who aren't aware, the House Education and Workforce Committee actually invited the presidents of Harvard University of Pennsylvania and MIT to testify at this hearing. And so um, what we are hearing from this is is that um, they didn't really have much as far as clarity in explaining what their position is regarding this anti-Semitism. Is that right, Dean? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, it was uh, Elise Stefanik, I think, and she asked all of them the, the same question. And, and the question is this, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate the code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment at your university? That's a simple question, Stephen. And, and the answer should have been uh, j- just yes, absolutely. The answer should have been been yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates the, the the code of conduct or any rules that they should have about bullying and, and harassment, but that wasn't their answer. It wasn't a simple yes. They had to refer to their talking points. They had to uh, almost stumble over themselves. Uh, well, why uh, is that, Dean? I mean, these these presidents of these universities. I mean, they're supposed to be intelligent people, right? Why are they stumbling? I mean, what's the real issue here? <laughs> You know, that's a great question, and I think it's the question that that we're all asking. My own opinion is that they had to stumble, that they couldn't just come out and say, yes, that, um, you know, calling for the genocide of Jews is harassment. The reason they couldn't say that is, is because it's been happening on their campuses, and they've done nothing to stop it. 
And and so if they come out and say, well, yes, of course that's harassment, then the next question is going to be, why haven't you done anything to stop it? And that's the question that they don't want to get to. And so that's why we we heard answers like, uh, what did Cornbluth say? Uh, oh, she, she said, she said, you know, it, it it could be harassment if it's targeted at an individual, but not if it's made, you know, just as a public statement. And it, you know, to the to, to the common thinking human being out there, that makes absolutely no sense. You well, know, so- I could just right. I could imagine apply that same principle or or you know the same uh, uh, harassment, if you will. To any other race, what if we called out uh, blacks and said, "Let's let's kill the blacks," you know, or mm-hmm. let's kill—I don't know—pick whatever race you want. Um, uh, what would they say about that? What if you were, uh, you know, they they call it um, Islamophobia, right? Uh, they changed the word. What if we called it anti-Islam, mm-hmm. uh, anti-Islamics? I mean. If we had that showing up on campuses, would they have a different answer? Do you think they would be doing, Steve? They, they would be doing backflips to remove that individual or or that group who, who was, you know, making those those claims to to get them off campus, get them behind bars, get them, you know, exiled from the country. You know, they would be doing that. So right. So know, so so, Dean, what what exactly do they have to gain? by putting down the Jews, by allowing these, uh, you know, basically life threats saying, yeah, kill the Jews, you know, let de- death to Israel, right? Well, yeah. why, why would they do it? I mean, what do they have to gain from it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know what they have to gain. You know, Steve, I, I, I cannot put myself in that place to think where anybody would have anything to gain to, to call for the death of of any group of, 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 of individual, except the only thing that I can keep coming back to, and this, I almost feel badly saying this, but I I can't find another answer. But what I keep coming back to is, do they really hate, hate Jews? Are, Are they, do these three ladies, the fact that they could not just answer a simple yes, do they, is their heart filled with hatred for this group of people. And I guess, okay. I guess well, they're the only ones who, who, who can answer that. Right. Right. But, but why would they hate the Jews? I mean, do, are these people, do they just have hatred in their heart or, or do they just have it out for the Jews for some specific reason? <laughs> you know what? This is, uh, I, I think the question that, that you're asking right now is the same question that Jim Banks asked uh, McGill from Penn. Okay, here's what he said. Uh, he, he he made note that Penn hosted a Palestine rights literature festival. And this was just a few weeks before the October 7 terrorist attack. Hmm, and, okay. and at that, at that Palestine rights uh, literature festival, they invited a fellow by the name of Mark Lamont Hill. Uh, Mark Lamont Hill was fired by CNN. All right, we're talking about CNN. CNN had what it took to fire this man because he called for the destruction of Israel. But yet, Penn is going to invite him on their campus for this literature festival. They also invited Roger Waters, 
who is, you know, the former Pink Floyd vocalist. Uh, this right. guy, this, you know, I don't, I don't know what you like about or what you think about Pink Floyd, but, but this man is, uh, he's despicable. He, uh, he's desecrated the, the memory of Anne Frank. And, and this is a, a direct quote from Jim Banks as he's asking this of uh, McGill. Uh, he, he he's he's talking about Roger Waters. He says he desiccated, desecrated the memory of Anne Frank. He's used anti-Jewish slurs. He's dressed up as a Nazi. He floated a pig balloon with the Star of David at a lot of his concerts. Hmm. And so Banks says to McGill, why in the world would you host someone like this on your college campus? And I, and I think that's the very question you're asking right now. And her answer, she could not give him a direct answer. She repeated three times. She said this, anti-Semitism has no place at Penn. <laughs> that was her answer. And right, he, right. He, so it's just a, a rote response. <laughs> it's right. She just kept going to the talking points. Uh, I don't know even if she knows the answer to the question, uh, or maybe she does. You know, maybe she does know the answer, but she knows if she were to give it publicly, it would be so appalling to the country that, you know. Well, it could be. But, you know, it, we we keep going back to this. You know, I, I find that I, I'm trying to make sense out of this whole thing. Like, all of a sudden, here we have this brutal, brutal inhuman attack against Israel. They cross their border, go in and take out women, children, infants, you know, the, the, the weaker people, the lesser people, the innocent people, and somehow are trying to justify it. And I ask myself, well, you know, if we are the kind, caring nation that we have always been, it seems like we've always rooted for the underdog but somebody has flipped the coin and turned this on his head and, and said, look, it's not the, the, the poor Palestinians uh, that are guilty here. They, they had to do this. I mean, they almost make it sound like they were fully justified in beheading babies, putting babies in the oven, killing people in their own homes as they were relaxing, cooking, you know, going about their daily life. Um, I think that, we would have sympathy for these people in kind of a special way. I mean, I personally would go out of my way to make these people feel like, hey, don't worry, you're in America. It's going to be okay here. You're safe. But that is exactly what we don't see. It's, we see just the opposite. Is there a deeper reason for it, Dean? I mean, if you were to dig really deep, what is going on? Well, uh, you know, I say all the time, and I think I'm right. Uh, but again, it's my opinion. Uh, I, I feel like Marxists are are in control of education. Uh, and, you know, Marxists are, are, are people that, I guess for lack of a better word, uh, they hate. I don't know that they realize that they hate. I mean, they, they want to be in, in control so much uh, that... As far as I'm concerned, their lives are are driven by that control, and and I don't think they care who they steamroller, steamroll over. I, I think that they want control. I think that they want power, and in my opinion, Steve, they've infiltrated uh, education uh, throughout from top to bottom, and I and I think we're seeing it here in these college campuses. 
I well, we're certainly seeing things in not just in schools, but in the military. We see the critical race theory. We see all all this propaganda being pushed. Um, do you think? I mean, could you the the same label that you place on the people who are uh, you're alleging are in control of the schools and education? And by the way, I fully agree with you. Um, is that are those labels any different if you were to be talking about America's government right now, the federal government? I don't think so. No. no okay, I, and then well, and then here's another point. I just want to throw one on that. You you mentioned Marxism. Uh, yes, it's rampant. What about communism? I, I've heard that the CCP is quite involved. I mean, they have invested a lot into our universities and campuses uh, so that they can influence people. Um, do you see that happening? I, I do. You know, when I say Marxism, um, for me, it's synonymous with communism. It's synonymous with the CCP. I know there's, there's you know, differences and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I lump it all in, in the same pot. And I would say, yes, absolutely. I, I think that um, you know, much of the influence from the CCP is is at, you know, it's at the heart of the matter. So, Dean, let, let's ask you this. How do you think, how are these Jewish students, university students, how are they responding to this stuff? Are they angry? Are they just afraid? Are they lashing out? Uh, what's their response? Yeah, I think they're afraid. Um, the... Anti-Defamation League and Hillel International did a survey, um, you know, and the results came out just a few days ago. Uh, almost 75% of, of Jewish students are, are watching a rise of victimization on campuses across the country. This isn't just happening at Harvard or Penn or the elites. You know, they're, they're watching this across the country. And um, I've got a quote here. Uh, Adam Lehman, he's the president and CEO of, of Hillel. Uh, he said, widespread experiences with anti-Semitism, and I'm just going to call it Jewish hatred. That's, you know, that's my own insertion into his quote. Uh, but back to his quote, widespread experience has reported in this survey are driving Jewish students to hide their identities. You know, so I, I I think in response to your question, yes, they're afraid. Okay, and so let's make it a little more concrete. When you talk about these, uh, you know, seventy, nearly seventy-five percent of Jewish students are experiencing victimization. You said now in America right now, of course, everybody's a victim, right? No matter who you are, could you define victim? What? How are they actually being victimized on these campuses? Right. So uh, the the, the article and the quote does not specify, and I don't know that the survey specifies what victimization is, but if I were just to answer that in my own opinion, uh, I, I think when you have groups of, of, of students calling for uh, genocide, you know, what's the word that they're using? Uh, I don't remember the word, entafida. And I don't know if that's the correct. Oh, uh, oh, oh, uh, global, global antifada. Yes, yes. Antifada. Yeah, yeah uh, which is a threat of violence. It, it truly is. It's a threat of violence. Uh, yeah. There was, a, there was uh, an incident at, uh, I've got that here somewhere. 
at this college in Cooper Union. Cooper Union, it's this prestigious Manhattan college. Uh, you know, on uh, in October, uh, late October, this was after the um, massacre, but in, in late October, there are uh, groups of students uh, at this college chanting globalize the intapita to the point that uh, the library was full of Jewish students who were essentially cowering in fear. Uh, and they they called the police uh, and, and the police were not, it took them 40 minutes to get there because the, the police were afraid to address the situation. You've got Jewish students locked in this library. Uh, and, and then you've got groups outside, you know, basically screaming for their demise. I mean, that to me is victimization. Yeah, it certainly is. It, you know, and I, I think every single student that's on that campus screaming for the death of those Jews, that those students need to be held accountable. And I don't think these college presidents are doing what they need to do to hold those groups accountable. Well, I have to agree with you completely. Um, we are facing now uh, in my opinion, the absolute collapse of America and everything that it stands for. And I, I think that I, I ask myself, why are we not standing up and being more vocal? Although we are surprisingly even seeing some uh, flaming liberals come to their right mind saying, whoa, wait a minute, this is where we draw the line. And I wonder why it is they actually are saying they're, they're drawing the line. Uh, are they wondering or are they still feeling like the Jews are still God's chosen people? Is there some kind of a residual vestigial feeling that, oh, yeah, we've got to defend the Jews somehow? You know, there's, there's a lot of misunderstandings about that, but I think that's the very thing that also uh, engenders the hatred that we're seeing as well. I don't know what the balance is. Mm -hmm. have well, you, yeah. Have you got any idea, for example, of how many uh, people on the campuses are who are not Jews are taking a stand for the Jews or are, are they all liberal or are they all afraid to speak up because the radicals are so loud and in your face and threatening? Um. Jonathan Greenblatt, who is the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, you know, this was his quote. He said, Jewish students are experiencing a wave of anti-Semitism, unlike anything we've seen before. But shockingly, he says, non-Jewish students barely see it. And he doesn't, you know, draw a distinction between, you know, right or left. He just says non-Jewish students are not seeing it. Interesting. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Yeah. So what does that um, tell us? Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, maybe the kids on campus aren't, uh, you know, maybe they're desensitized to it. Or maybe it's because, you know, his quote continues and he says, since the massacre in Israel, Jewish students feel increasingly threatened on campus. But college leaders are not doing enough to address this very real fear of anti-Semitism. So, you know, are the other students who are not Jews, are they not seeing it? simply because the the heads of these colleges are not doing anything to to punish what is taking place. I mean, do these other kids not realize that the the call for global genocide is is in 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 essence violence? Or do they just think, uh, I mean, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, we we've got a problem here. The question is what do we actually do about it because 
uh, for one thing, enough people, uh, we don't have enough people standing up and actually uh, coming out and opposing it. Although we have seen some big donors to some of these universities pull out their money. And so uh, some campuses, uh, some college universities, they're, they're paying a price, a bit heavy price for this. Um, do you think that weighs in on their decisions at all? Or are they just too woke to, to regard it? Well, I, I think if it doesn't weigh on their decisions in, in the immediate if it keeps happening, you know, if donors keep pulling their money, it's going to weigh on their decisions because, you know, they love the money. They're, uh, you know, in the past couple of days, uh, Ross Stevens, who's the founder and CEO of Stone Ridge Asset Management, sent a letter to uh, McGill at Penn. And uh, he basically said, I, I, you know, this is my paraphrase. He said, I, I'm appalled at your speech and I am pulling my, my cash. And he he withdrew a hundred million dollar donation off the table that presumably he had just made, and then in his letter he said, uh, you know, you can't expect any any more funds from us until you guys get your act together. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I, but you know, I wonder, are they going to get their act together? Um, well, what I, uh, you know, we're in a time where. We actually are seeing now, uh, for example, in businesses where um, people are taking big hits uh, in big ways like Bud Light, uh, Target. And it seems like no matter how much money they're losing, they are still determined to follow the woke agenda. And that is very concerning to us because this woke agenda is not just a difference of opinion. It is a mindset that is lethal to America. And we have to come to our right minds and say, what are we actually going to do to fix this point? Because that's what is needed at this time. Well, I'm going to take a short pause and return momentarily to discuss this topic further. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. 
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. And welcome back. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip on the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm at Eight, and I am serving as the team member today with a great guest, Dean Bowen. I want you to remember, please, that we have got some absolutely fabulous articles and podcasts available to you with all the pertinent news that comes to you from an unbiased, uncensored perspective at americaoutloud.news. So if you haven't been to that site, please check it out and please do Spread this information everywhere because we are in a fight for our country. We have to spread the truth because that is our greatest weapon in fighting this domestic enemy as well as the enemy abroad and ultimately the enemy of our own souls. Also, please visit americaoutloud.shop for the latest in health and product innovations and use the code America or use the code OUTLOUD uh, to get the special discounts for all of our America Out Loud family members. We want you to prosper in every way. We want you healthy physically and mentally so that you can contribute to making America something better than what it has been. So we are 
at a breaking point in America. And we know that our colleges and universities actually, um, they, they seem to depict the status of our entire society, even as a nation. When you see trash coming out of these institutions, you know that they are being fed trash. Um, I have with me Dean Bowen today. Dean has been in the field of education for some 30 years, and he is a, a Christian educator. And Dean, I have to ask you, what are you doing at your level to oppose what people are getting in public schools with all of this Marxism, communism, globalism? What's the agenda? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> Thanks for asking that. Uh, here, you know, we, um, I run a K-12 that, you know, we, we provide a classical education. I personally believe, you know, people ask me, uh, you know, what's the best education? Personally, I think if you have the ability to homeschool your children, do it. Uh, if you don't have that ability to homeschool, you know, find a classical Christian school that, that they can receive uh, a rich education uh, in, in the way that uh, education used to be. Uh, non-woke, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to get the genderism here. You know, you're not going to get the, the, the woke leftism here. You know, there's boys and girls here and that's it. Um, so, so does Hillsdale curriculum, uh, college Dale, Hillsdale college curriculum, uh, they, do they have a homeschooling curriculum as well? They do. Uh, to what extent it's fully released? I'm not sure. Um, you know, we we had to to go through a, a vetting process in order to to have access to their curriculum. Uh, you know, and and so they've you know they've allowed us to to use their scope and sequence. Uh, and and I do know they have some things available to homeschool families. In particular, they have a wonderful history curriculum, and that is free and that's available. Yeah, the history curriculum I have seen, it is awesome. I would recommend it for everyone. Um, uh, the principles there are just so essential to creating a true American patriot. And of course, that's what's going to make America great. So I appreciate you sharing that. So getting back to the topic of these universities, um, what we really need to know, Dean, is um, how far do you think they're going to take this whole thing? I mean, if the presidents of universities are saying it's okay to say death to the Jews, and they're saying, well, look, as long as they don't act out, it's okay. But, I mean, doesn't one thing lead to the other? Are we going down a slippery slope here? Uh, I think we are. Uh, a friend of mine actually just... One of my one of my former students here at Waterbrook just sent me a text, and it's a screenshot of a, a statement that the University of Michigan uh, presumably just put out. And the statement is this: in the context of the national discourse, the University of Michigan unequivocally condemns calls for the genocide of Jews or any other peoples, as this is antithetical to our values. So I. Uh, at least I think U of M is seeing this slippery slope. I think others are seeing this slippery slope. I know um, a couple of days ago, the the Wharton Advisory Board, and, and Wharton is the business school at Penn, 
And, and the advisory board issued a letter to McGill and to the board of trustees, you know, basically, you know, my paraphrase, uh, she needs to go. If these are, are her true beliefs, if these are the beliefs of McGill, then, uh, you know, she's got to be gone. I, I, I think it was McGill who said, um, it was, Steve, it was McGill who said that genocide against Jews could be considered harassment if the speech turns into conduct. So if the speech turns into actual genocide, yes, we're going to we're going to call it harassment. And I think that was one of the most appalling statements we heard at the testimony. And, you know, at least the, the advisory board at, at Wharton felt felt it was. And they issued this letter to the board of trustees, you know, basically stating she's got to go or, or there's going to be some, you know, some trouble here. Sure, they're talking. They're talking on both sides of their face here. They're not, you know, they're they're saying that this is really not an issue. And yeah, I think the threats of violence are enough to cause harm. I mean, it, they're acting as though this does not cause harm. But you know, you hurt people an awful lot by words. When people are living in fear, of course, you are subject uh, to all kinds of things. And we learned that. I mean, didn't we? Uh, through the COVID-19 man-made pandemic. I mean, it, it's uh, the persecution that I see the Jews getting now is very much like the persecution of the unvaccinated people. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it's got to be stopped. We cannot allow people to live in fear. And I think it's just a matter of time before the words become physical action, specifically when we have open borders. I mean, we have how many unaccounted for illegal invaders into our country right now. We don't know where they are. We don't know what they are planning, what they are doing, but I am sure they have a network of communication. I am sure that there are the sleeper cells and it's just a matter of time. I mean, everywhere we go now on so many campuses, we're, campuses, we're seeing people rise up and saying, okay, death to the Jews. But remember, in the same breath, when you talk or, or listen to the Islamic uh, uh, cultures uh, like Iran, in the same breath, they will say death to America as well. In, in other words, we're next uh, because we are a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, I I guess to your point, I, I did see a report a few weeks ago that that there's some belief that these agitators on campuses, that many of them are not American citizens. You know, who are these people? Are they people that came across the border? Yeah, and, you know, that's a, a great question. And actually, um, I think it's worth uh with, worth pursuing. How many of these people, for example, are actually coming to uh, America for an education and the protesters themselves, are they just flocking to the universities? Is that one of their destinations when they cross the border? Are they being funded uh, by George Soros to, to do this kind of stuff? Because that's, that's exactly what we've seen, isn't it? I think so. It, it's an excellent question. And, you know, when if if that is the case and they are showing up on these campuses, whoever is doing the agitating, they're they're allowed to do it. And the, the students are that are being sucked into it. They and I don't, I don't know, Steve, if it's the age of the kids or if it's a product of the education. I don't believe our education system is 
is truly creating uh, critical thinking individuals as, as they leave high school and enter college. I think they're creating kids or they're teaching kids, you know, what to think. Here's, here's, you, you got to think this way, um, as opposed to critically uh, asking questions, you know, well, why are you saying this? You know, I don't think there's kids out there asking, asking these types of, of why questions, as opposed to just getting sucked into the, into the right. stream at all. Right. We're, we're entering Orwell's 1984 world. Um, I, you know, I, I see that I saw that in medicine um, right now, the medical students they are selecting are people that specifically have been uh, selected and screened because they are willing to be trained monkeys. And, you know, they're easy to get because the real good students are really skeptical about going to medical school because they see the truth of what's happening. The immunity of medicine has been just horrendous. We don't have good medicine in America anymore. And that's kind of like at the top of the academic chain, if you will. Uh, so I'm sure it permeates everything everywhere. I mean, what kind of a, a student, college student, would want to get a degree in history right now? What mm -hmm. kind of a student would want to get a political science degree? I mean, what are they going to be taught? What are they going to get? You can't help but think it's going to be nothing but trash, right? Nothing but trash. And, and, and I say this all the time, unless you're going to Hillsdale College, and I, Hillsdale doesn't pay me to say that. You know, I'm, not a, I'm not a paid spokesperson, but, mm -hmm. but I say all the time, unless you're going to Hillsdale College, uh, don't go to college. And, and that's that's a that's a that's a bold statement, Dean. Are you saying don't go to college? Yes, unless you're going to Hillsdale, because uh, or if you can withstand the indoctrination that you're going to receive, because you're going to get it. Right. You know, we're, there's been this talk about trying to produce a parallel system. Have you heard about that at all, Dean? You know, saying okay, we're going to offer competition. Uh, or opposition to the liberal side who's producing all these nut jobs coming out with a, a fake degree and they know nothing other than how to badmouth their country and how to promote everything that is unwholesome and unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. And, and I believe that that's happening, you know, across the board, you know, not only in education. I think my school is, is part of that. You know, we're, we're part of the K-12 public indoctrination alternative. Uh, and, and I think it's it's even happening in other areas of the economy. It Yeah, it is so greatly needed. We, um, you know, we're next. The bottom line is, if this goes unabated, if we don't get control of the campuses, of the universities, of the external infiltrators of our government, like George Soros, um, America is in a world of hurt right now, and we've got less than 11 months to the election. Uh, what's going to happen then? I don't know. What would be your answer to taking care of this problem on the universities? You know, you made a statement uh, at the beginning of the of the hour, and you, you said the light is growing dim. Uh, and that, that kind of struck me. Uh, and, and I think... Um, I think we have the ability, Steve, I, I really do. I think we have the ability to to turn the light back on or at least to stop the dimming 
and and I think it really takes this. This sounds kind of simple, uh, you know. And Malcolm says it all the time: we have to get loud. And I think it, it's going to take Americans continually vocalizing their the, the belief that they have and and their values. Uh, I, I don't think we can be ashamed of our values. I don't think we can be afraid to speak about our values for fear of being shut down or or silenced or canceled or or whatever. I, I honestly believe, I think people like you and me, Steve, are in the majority. I think the America Out Loud audience is the ma- majority of Americans. And and the more we we vocalize our, our beliefs louder than, than the fake news and, and the, the lamestream media is vocalizing, we do it louder. And well, we- you're right, Dean. You and, and of course, there is a price to pay. You're going to be lambasted. You're going to be criticized, insulted. Um, I mean, in, in many ways, you know, let me just ask a really frank question here. When I um, I, I am an ordained minister, uh, Dean, I've been to a Bible college. I've been to seminary. Uh, conservative summary, I attended Cincinnati Bible Seminary, I went to Boise Bible College, and mm-hmm. I studied nothing but the Bible. So no man-made doctrine, no man-made nonsense, no traditions, mm-hmm. just the Bible. But when I uh, when I go to churches, and I'm actually preaching right now, what I see so often is among the uh, Christian population of America, which is a segment, a sector of the silent majority, um, if, if you try to get people to talk about their faith or even to say the words Jesus Christ uh, in something other than a cussing uh, scenario, um, people feel very intimidated. So in many ways, I think the Christians themselves probably feel like the Jews, even though, I, I mean, persecution of Christians in America is ramping up. But we have had the joy, the pleasure of being able to assemble together to meet, uh, to read our Bibles, to to fellowship, and with no threat whatsoever to our livelihood. And yet we are so fearful and silent. So I can sympathize with the Jews. But as you said, this is a time for courage. It is a time for boldness. And we've got to somehow be willing to speak out and to tell the world what we believe and why. Is that a part of your school curriculum? Uh, well, not officially, but unofficially it is. I mean, it's what, you know, it's it's a mantra that that we speak, you know, quite often. You know, it's just, you know, we, we want the kids leaving here unafraid. Uh, we want them to be solid in, in their faith and their values, and we want them to not be afraid to, to share it speak about it. it yeah it's the way it ought to be you know at, at one time well for example um i was in a phd program in microbiology at the university of massachusetts at amherst now this was quite a while ago uh, but umass has always been a real liberal school the east is is generally quite liberal but on that campus so we had at that time call it, uh, campus crusade for christ and i attended that and I think that that truly helped in a big way to um, 
to change our world. Because if we don't get to evangelizing, to spreading the gospel of Christ, um, what are we going to get? All we're going to get is more garbage from the left. The universities will get ever more liberal, ever more imposing. And the more that we are silent, you know, we are committing uh, not only spiritual suicide, but literal suicide of the American civilization, our way of life. It is going down the drain. It is time to speak up. I think that's something that we've got to really push. And the question is, how do we get uh, how do we get people on campuses uh, without uh, being booted off? And, and does that happen? I mean, uh, we I've seen a lot of examples where conservative speakers ha have gone on campus and they've been just shouted down, uh, ridiculed, insulted, given no respect whatsoever. How do we battle that? Do you have any suggestions for people? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think the, uh, again, the simple answer is just to stay at it, to, to stay consistent. Uh, you know, there, there's a website uh, called thedeanslist.org. It's not affiliated with, with my show. My show is The Dean's List. This site is completely different. Thedeanslist.org will, will give a, a ranking of universities. And, and one, of the, one of the elements of the scorecard is uh, how receptive are they to uh, on-campus clubs that would be, you know, more conservative, you know, maybe Christian, you know, campus. Right. Uh, and you, you can look at this website and, and you can see where they rank and you can see their scores. It's a wonderful site. You know, if you're if you're a parent interested in sending your child to a university, I would go to this website, thedeanslist.org, and uh, look at the scorecards, and and you can see, you know, how how kind are they going to be to these types of of clubs? All right. So for the student that's in the colleges right now, there wherever they may be, you know, if they're at an Ivy League school or this or that, um, there they are. What advice would you offer to them, Dean, when a student is going to just come out and admit, look, if I speak up, that's going to ruin my grade. It's going to ruin my GPA. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fail. They're going to make sure that I suffer and don't meet my academic goals simply because of the political milieu on campus. How do you combat that? Yeah, I would say find students of like mind get in a group. Numbers speak. And I'm sure that there are more students like you on that campus. Hunt them down. Find out who they are. Uh, you know, the the silent majority, Steve, I believe there's a silent majority on these campuses. If these kids would figure out who they are, you know, let's find like minds and let's join forces. Those numbers are going to speak. And it, it might be a challenge to find out who these kids are. Do it. Accept the challenge. Go after it. Find out who your brothers are and let's link arms. Well, I think that's great advice. Uh, there definitely is strength in numbers. There's power in numbers. Even the power of two is so much greater than the power of one. Mm -hmm. um, we somehow have to rise above our fear. We have to stop being timid. We have to say we have something that is worth fighting for, and that is the American lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, so I just got to ask you, Dean, uh, what do you think about uh, the prospects for our president uh, in the 2024 election? Well, who's going to be who's going to be the man? Hey, I tell you, 
I think, it, you know, if, if Trump overcomes the cheap machine, I think he's in. I think he wins. I do. I, well, I, that's my yeah. opinion. Yep. I, you know, I'm of the same opinion exactly. And I'm hoping for it. I, I, I don't think I don't think there's ever been a president who has been more supportive of the Jews, of the Christians than Donald Trump. If you if I can just speak honestly, I mean, the man's yeah, he's got a mouth on him. He's got his New York attitude, but it's the very attitude that can conquer a very dark, deep state. So um, I'm praying for it every day and I am praying for. Uh, God to save America, because uh, the way things are going, if we don't get active, we are going in trouble. Well, Dean, I thank you so much for joining me today. We're just about out of time. You've had some good words, some good advice. And uh, as uh, Dean said, find students of like mind, join hands with your neighbors, become strong people. And whatever you do, do not be afraid to speak out. Your voice counts. When you speak up, you may be the one person that allows others to speak up and to be equally as bold. If we are silent, we are dead. It is as simple as that. So this is about taking risks. It's about learning, finding your inner courage, your inner strength, your boldness, and have a voice because we need you. Your country needs you right now in a huge way. We must become a voice of the nation that overshadows the corrupted voices of politicians, of presidents of liberal universities. We have to be the people who take back America. And if we don't understand that, we will suffer greatly very, very soon. And for that reason, it is time to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>